Welcome to the Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm, a weekly podcast that brings biblical teaching to everyday people in ways we can understand and put into practice. I'm Gwen DeSelm, and with me at the microphone today is our teacher, Dave DeSelm. As you guys know by now, Dave spent over 40 years in pastoral ministry and was the founding senior pastor of a church called Fellowship in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Currently, he is the executive director of Dave DeSelm Ministries, offering help and hope to everyday pastors through coaching and other resources. You can find out more about us at davedeselmministries.org. Thanks for joining me today, Dave. It's always great to be back with you. Well, in our last episode, you talked about how learning to forgive is essential for the everyday disciple, and you addressed some of the misconceptions that many of us have about what it means to forgive, such as forgiveness is not minimizing the pain or excusing the offense. It's not just letting them off the hook. Forgiveness is also not blindly trusting again, necessarily, nor is it synonymous with forgetting. So, With kind of that idea in mind of what forgiveness isn't, could you just take a minute and help us understand what forgiveness is? Yeah, at its most basic, forgiveness is simply choosing to not hold someone else's sin against them anymore. That word choosing, it's it's a choice, a decision of the will. We don't wait until we feel like it, or it doesn't hurt so badly, or the anger subsides. We, we forgive as an act of obedience, and the choice is to let it go, to not hold their sin against them anymore. What that means is that forgiveness is a transaction that's between us and God. It's vertical. It's a commitment that we make with the Lord. I'm giving this to you, and I'm trusting you to deal with it. It does mean, however, that you're agreeing to live with the consequences of another sin. We really have no choice with that. We are all living with the consequences of someone else's sin in one way or the other. The only choice we have is whether we're going to do so in the bondage of bitterness or the freedom of forgiveness. That being the case, forgiveness really is a gift we give ourselves. Mm, That's so true. And that's really helpful, I think, to keep that in mind as we're moving forward. So thank you. Friends, let's get real practical now and dive into the how-tos of forgiveness. I read a story this past week of a young man who tragically got bitten by a dog. And to make it worse, the dog they discovered had rabies. This guy had to go to the hospital, of course, to get all sorts of painful injections in light of how the dog had been so infected. Now he was infected. The doctor came into him and saw the young man riding feverishly on a legal pad while waiting for the shots. And he said, you know, this is serious, but this is not fatal. You don't have to be writing your will or something like that. The young man looked up and said, writing my will? I'm not writing my will. I'm making a list of people I want to bite. (laughs) We may chuckle, we probably also wince because there's not a one of us in this room that haven't been bitten by somebody. And the temptation is this. When someone bites you, what do you want to do? Bite them right back. Bite them right back. That's what you want to do. The thing is, it's always a losing proposition. It is always a losing proposition. A guy named Frederick Buchner writes these words. Of the seven deadly sins, biting back or revenge is possibly the most fun to smack your lips over grievances long past 
to roll over your tongue the prospect of bitter confrontations to come, to savor to the last toothsome morsel both the pain you are given and the pain you are giving back. In many ways, the feast fit for a king. The chief drawback is that what you are woofing down is yourself. The skeleton at the feast is you. It's always a losing proposition. The Apostle Paul wrote these words in the book of Galatians, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by one another. There's only one alternative to biting and devouring, and that's forgiving. An unnatural and difficult act, but as we've been talking about over these weeks, it's not only the right thing to do, it's the smart thing to do. It's the smart thing to do. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself, ultimately. This morning, I thought I'd get real practical as we talk about what forgiveness uh, is. I'm really going to push you this morning, okay? But you guys look really smart. So turn to the person next to you and say, you look smarter than I thought. Go ahead, just tell them that. (laughs) And so they can do this. They can do this, all right? got to meet this one wife who said, sure, I'm smart. I married you, didn't I? You know? All right. Here's what we're going to talk about in real quick detail. We're going to talk about why should we forgive? Who should we forgive? When should we forgive? Where should we forgive? And how should we forgive? All right? That's what we're going to be talking about. So let's jump right in with the first. And opening our Bibles now to that Matthew 6 text I asked you to, to find a few moments ago. Why should we forgive? Matthew 6, beginning in verse 9, is familiar territory to nearly all of us. It's the Lord's Prayer. I've always, though, been struck with how Matthew records it. Verse 9, this then is how you should pray, Jesus speaking. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, what's interesting to me is this. He then adds a couple verses of commentary, but he does not add commentary on what it means for the kingdom to come. He doesn't give greater detail on give us this day our daily bread. He doesn't discuss what it means to be led into temptation. The only thing that he offers commentary on is the deal of forgiveness. Continuing on in verse 14. For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. Now, Bible scholars have debated for centuries exactly what Jesus was saying here. Because we know, we know that forgiveness is granted by grace, right? We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. We're given it by grace. So what is he saying here? What's Jesus saying here? I don't know for sure, but I can tell you this much. To bask in your forgiveness and to not extend it to others is at the very least inconsistent and at the very worst something that you're going to deal with consequences on. To bask in your forgiveness while withholding forgiveness is inconsistent and costly. Now, Paul picks up on this motivational theme in one of his letters. He writes, Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. And here comes that operative phrase. 
just as in Christ God forgave you. What's our motivation? Our forgiveness. We forgive because, first of all, it's a matter of obedience if we do. It's a matter of obedience if we do. Many of us in this room have really amped up our desire to be disciples of Jesus. We want to live in his way. We want to follow his lead. We want to mark the world by his power. We really do. But I can tell you this. You cannot call yourself a disciple of Jesus if you don't deal with this forgiveness thing. You just can't. You just can't. It comes with the territory. I'm a follower of Jesus, that I must be a proponent and advocate of forgiveness. It's a matter of obedience. Secondly, it's a matter of consequences if we don't. It's a matter of consequences if we don't. We've seen both in Paul's words and the Savior's words that there are spiritual implications to this. There are also emotional and physical implications. If you don't forgive, we talked about this in some detail last Sunday. We saw tucked away in Hebrews 12, 15, these words, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. A root of bitterness grows in the soil of unforgiveness. And like buried toxic waste, it will leach into your soul. And you will literally poison yourself with your hate for them. Thing is, you will also poison those you love. They will be poisoned as well. This is a costly thing. There are consequences. Okay, if that's why we should forgive, then who should we forgive? Who should we forgive? Slide over one book to, to the Gospel of Mark, Mark eleven twenty five. Mark eleven twenty five, Jesus speaking, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, that's an interesting phrase, anything against anyone, forgive them. And here again comes the, the scary phrase, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Forgive anyone for anything. If you hold someone against anyone, that's a pretty big deal. I think it's pretty all-compassing, but unless you have any questions about it, let me give you two aspects of this once more in the blanks. We forgive those who ask for it. We are to forgive those who ask for it. When someone comes to you and says, will you forgive me? Now is not the time to assess whether they deserve it or not. Now is not the time for you to start measuring how many times they've offended in the very same way. We forgive because we have been forgiven. Listen, how many times have you sinned against God in the same way? And you say to yourself, I'm so sorry, I'll never do that again, and then what? You do it. And what does God say? You back here again? For that? Okay, that's one too many, pal. No, 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 no. When we ask, he freely forgives. And that's what's being said here. We forgive those who ask for it. Remember the misconceptions of last week. It doesn't mean you trust them again. It doesn't mean the restoration is restored. In fact, some people are so toxic to you and your family, you would do well to have boundaries up. But that is a different issue than forgiveness. Forgiveness is that which is extended in light of what you've been given. Right? But here's the bigger issue for me. I don't have as much problem with those who ask for it as with those who don't. Those who don't ask for it. Whether they're oblivious to how much they hurt me or whether they're just flat out bullheaded about the whole thing and they don't care. Helmut Thielicke was a German pastor 
during the Nazi era of World War II. And he writes of how difficult it was to forgive people back then. On the screen, he says, this business of forgiving is by no means a simple thing. We say, very well, if the other fellow is sorry and begs my pardon, I'll forgive him. But the other fellow has to make the first move. I watch like a hawk to see whether the other person will flash a signal to me with his eyes, or whether I can detect some small hint between the lines of his letter, which shows that he's sorry. How real is that? I just want to see, I just want to see some kind of repentance. Give me some flicker that you're sorry for what you did. And when it's not given, all too easily we can say, fine. I'm not going to be the first one to blink. But in so doing, we violate this whole issue here. I'm going to give you, ask you to hold a finger here in Mark 11. And I'm going to ask you to turn to two other New Testament texts. And here's the question. What don't you see in these texts? First one is in Luke 23, so the very next book is Luke, Luke 23, beginning in verse 33. It'll be familiar to most of you, this is one of the uh, references of of the crucifixion of Jesus. Luke 23, 33 reads this way, when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothing by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said he saved others. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah, the chosen one. Again, the question is, what don't you see? Give you one more text. Acts chapter 7. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Then comes the book of Acts. Acts chapter 7, beginning in verse 57. This is the death of the first martyr. Stephen is being killed. Acts 7, beginning in verse 57. He's just preached to the crowd, and it says, At this they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. And while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he'd said this, he fell asleep. What do you not see in either text? The people asking for forgiveness the people showing any sense of remorse whatsoever. Yet both Jesus and Stephen choose to go the route of forgiveness even though the people were actually killing them at the time. You tracking with me here? We forgive those who ask us, but we also forgive those who don't ask us. We forgive those who don't ask for it. We remember that we have been forgiven so much. And that's why we do it. You're listening to The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSome. Dave will continue his message in just a moment. If you're enjoying this podcast and you haven't done so yet, then please take just a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. And then help others find us by sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Well, as you know, 
In addition to this podcast, Dave DeSelm Ministries offers other resources for everyday pastors and the people they lead, such as devotionals for everyday disciples. These devotionals are filled with inspiration from God's Word that will encourage you as you follow Jesus every day. We have an archive of over 150 devotionals that you can browse through on our website, davedesalmministries.org. Now, let's get back to Dave and the rest of today's teaching. Next, when should we forgive? When should we forgive? Again, two answers. First of all, at the moment of the offense. At the moment of the offense. Someone cuts you off in traffic and really ticks you off. And male driving patterns here, right? You either hit the horn, you give them the universal one-way sign, or you pull up on their back bumper to let them know just how close you came to getting tailgated, lady, right? Yeah, you do all this kind of stuff, right? Have you ever wondered that Jesus might do it differently? Let me ask you this. Have you ever mistakenly pulled out in front of somebody? Think, oh man, I almost nailed that guy. Don't you just love it when somebody flips you off? Don't you love it when you read their lips with what they're calling you? And you think, I do it all the time, and yet when I'm the one who's been victimized, boy, I can sure power up. I think there's something to be said about just put yourself in their shoes. Let it go. Forgive. Forgive. For another thing here, you may not, you probably don't have all the facts straight. I read an interesting story about a guy who was in a commuter train outside of Chicago. He had three little kids with him, and of course the train's crowded with tired commuters, and these kids were everywhere, crawling over the seats, pushing on the seats, and this guy just seemed to be half distracted. He had no control over his kids and really didn't seem to care. Finally, the guy across the aisle was so hot, he said, come on, pal, don't you see what your kids are doing? Get your kids under control. The guy kind of looked up, and his eyes filled with tears, and he said, I'm so sorry. We just came from the hospital. Their mother just died. And the guy across the aisle said, I'm sorry, I didn't know. See, you don't, do you? You don't know. You don't know why people act the way they do. But maybe, just maybe, there are some reasons And you would do well to forgive. Here comes the holidays. What are you going to do when Aunt Gertrude snubs you one more time? What are you going to do when crazy Uncle Charlie's here again? Will you determine that you're going to whisper forgiveness? Just let it go. Forgive. Forgive. I'm not going to power up. I'm not going to give them the cold shoulder. I'm going to choose to extend grace. Forgive. So we forgive at the moment of offense, but we also forgive as the Spirit reveals. As the Spirit reveals. See, here's what I know. I was talking with a Vietnam vet after first gathering. He said about shrapnel. He said, many times you don't realize that you still carry shrapnel, but you do. He said a friend of his had been home from the war for years, and a piece of shrapnel began to surface. He'd not realized that it had been embedded in him the whole time. As with him, so with us. There are times that we think we're okay, but the shrapnel of past woundings begins to surface. The Holy Spirit always reveals so that he can heal. Do you get that? 
The Spirit reveals so he can heal. And there may be times when a memory may surface, some bitterness may come to, come to, the, to the fore, and you think, oh man, I've got to deal with that. I've got to deal with that. Uh, I, I face this a lot. I look at relationships that I've had in 35 years of ministry and the times I've been hurt. And my wife, Gwen, is the, is the best shrapnel digger that I know. And there are times that I find myself, even though it's years ago, and I just once more start venting about what this person did to me and how they treated me or how they treated this church. And just recently, Gwen said, you know what? I don't think you've really dealt with that fully. I said, yes, I have. I I forgave him years ago. She said, then why do you keep bringing it up? She's right. And I recognize, you know what? I think that there's some other stuff there that I have to go after. Because I can tell you this, if you don't deal with the shrapnel, it will infect and it may even paralyze. So as the Spirit reveals, he would heal. Where do we forgive? Back to Mark eleven twenty five. Jesus said, when you stand praying, huh? when you stand praying, if you hold anything against someone, forgive them. So you forgive, first of all, in prayer. You forgive in prayer. Have you discovered this? You're praying on, on, on one issue. You're interceding on behalf of this, and all of a sudden, this person comes to your mind who's hurt you. And I think the Savior is saying this. Stop interceding for the other issue until you deal with this issue. In fact, I've often sensed this whisper. Frank, Frank, quite frankly, Dave, if you don't deal with this bitterness issue, I don't want to listen to what you want to say about the other issues. As you're praying... Sometimes issues surface, and you would do well and be wise enough to act upon it then. Forgive in prayer. Forgive in prayer. But also, you'd forgive in private. This is a big thing, and I want you to listen very carefully. Forgiveness is always vertical. Lord, in light of this pain, I choose to forgive them. I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. It goes vertical. Have any, any of you ever experienced this, this? Someone comes to you out of the blue and says, I just want you to know something. I've forgiven you. You think, what? And then they proceed then to list all the offenses that you've done to them, most of them you're not even aware of. And then they kind of smugly say, I just want you to know I've forgiven you. And they walk away. And you're here in the backwash of this, of this accusation. You are never told to go to a person and say, I forgive you. Never. You forgive them to God. Now, next week, we're going to talk about you are told to go to a person and confess a breakdown, confess a sin, to ask if we could make things right. But this idea of just glibly going to someone and saying, I just want you to know I've forgiven you, nowhere in the Bible. It is very painful if you've been on the receiving end of it, as I have. You have too. It's just not right. It's just not right. So you forgive in private. Finally, how should we forgive? Two thoughts here. Thoroughly. Thoroughly. Anything. He forgave you freely. He forgave you fully. Forgive thoroughly. If it's repeated offenses, we still forgive. We still forgive. Now is not the time to wonder if they'll ever repent. Now is not the time for you to have a a talk, a hard talk about breaking barriers and boundaries, but you still forgive thoroughly. And secondly, you forgive specifically. 
forgive specifically. I have discovered this. If I seek to do bulk forgiveness with somebody, I don't get satisfaction in my soul. Let's say your father has really hurt you. You say, I just want to forgive my dad for everything. That's a good start, but that's not where you're going to find satisfaction in your soul. See, you may very well have dealt with the big explosion of your breakdown, but there's still some of that shrapnel, right? And you may do well if you get out a piece of paper and say, God, I want to deal with every one of them. So you start writing. I forgive my dad for never coming to any of my football games. I forgive my dad for having such high demands that I could never satisfy him. And I become a workaholic. I forgive my dad. I forgive my dad for that Christmas that he got so drunk and hit my mom. I forgive my dad. And just let God bring you points of detail. The list could be very long. And then one by one, you go through those things. One by one. I forgive my father. I forgive my father. Here's where a good, mature friend can help. And just say, come on. Is there anything else? Come on. And then at the end, you destroy the list. We're told in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, love keeps no record of wrongs. You destroy the list. I have found that the more specific I am in forgiving, the more free I am in my living. The more specific I am in my forgiving, the more free I am in my living. You may have to go back multiple times to the issue. Once more, the Spirit is going to surface. I think I, th- I, thought th- I thought that I'd done the full list. And here comes a few more things. Go right back to it again. Oh, boy, here's three or four more. I'd forgotten all about those, but, boy, they really hurt me. Lord, I also forgive Dad for the times he was so brutal with my brother. Lord, I forgive my dad. Oh, no, you go. So, specifically, specifically. Friends, you cannot control the fact that you're going to be hurt. You just are. You can control how you're going to respond and whether you're going to be freed in forgiveness. Thank you so much for joining us for The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm. If you'd like to let Pastor Dave know how this message has blessed you, send him an email at dave at davedeselmministries.org. Then join us next time as we look to God's Word for help and hope as we follow Jesus every day.